Hello, everyone. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, you're here listening to Indigenous Lifeways podcast. We're highlighting participants from our Indigenous Women's Working Group. Uh, like uh, previous, we, you know, we were talking about our new moon meditations that we've been hosting for the past year. And we're ending off this year of meditation and gathering and healing together by highlighting some uh, women that are wanting to use this as a platform to speak more on passion, their passions and in, in their community and reasons why Indigenous women should be supported and most and above all heard. <laughs> and I'm so appreciative of your time for tuning in. My name is Crystal Curley. I'm the Executive Director of Indigenous Lifeways. And we're here with another incredible matriarch. Her name is Kara. And I am just, we met last year in 2022. Uh, she saw one of our posts on Instagram for our matriarch movie making presentation that we were hosting with another program of ours. <laughs> <laughs> with our media program and her and her daughter were able to to join us for the two-day workshop and create with us um her family walked away with uh, a movie and well two little two videos that they were able to create and have some guidance on so from that Kara has gained more interest in additional programming with Indigenous Lifeways and this year has just been such an opportunity and such a blessing to be, to have you continue to be with us for this year and to meditate with us and, you know, put good intentions out into the universe. And, you know, it's been very healing, but I would like to just take this opportunity just to express how much I'm um, just so prof just I'm just so amazed how social media works and how you can just create more connections through it and I'm just so thankful for your bravery for meeting new people and I was just I was so excited to meet you and your daughter and you know you, you guys are just so multi-talented um, but I I'm always doing this. I'm like, I could continue to talk about you. <laughs> so I'm just gonna hand over, hand over the mic to you if you want to introduce yourself, Kara. Yeah, uh yeah, um, greetings, everyone, and thank you, Crystal, for that introduction. Um, uh, it's been an amazing relationship with you in Indigenous Lifeways, and I'm so happy for social media um, because it brought us together. And And I, I am so thankful for Indigenous Lifeways and for you for moderating the New Moon Meditation. Um, it's been healing, it's been supportive, it's been transforming, and it's like no other uh, program that I've ever encountered. 
And so I'm really thankful for you and for um, Indigenous Lifeways. Um, but yeah, and like Crystal said, uh, I, I first encountered uh, Indigenous Lifeways through their uh, media workshop. And I, I just want to say that that was an amazing two days um, where you gathered these professionals, these Indigenous professionals in podcasting, photography, in um, lighting and movie making, and just allowing them to share their knowledge with us and just allowing us also to create was really amazing. And, and it just kept me um, engaged. And I know that my daughter really enjoyed it and she was able to um, show off not show off, but you know, share her skills in crocheting. Um, and I think just her glimpse into the movie making world allowed her to um, create more video for her Instagram account. So that that's really great. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think that's enough. But I don't know if I want to take too much time talking about me or or what. <laughs> Oh, Carrie, you're so, I'm, if you could see me, I'm just like, my mouth is to the floor. I'm like, are you serious, Kara? That is such the, the sweetest compliments. And then just knowing that it, um, that we're able to help, you know, create a space for, for you and your daughter to feel comfortable to create and continue on with the um, motivation that you got from the workshops. That's just so awesome. That's the sweetest thing ever. You know, we, we're trying, we're doing, we're doing what we can with what we got. <laughs> and, and that's what I mean. Like the power of social media is just so incredible because, you know, uh, what you've shared with me too, you know, your passion also with media and developing more of a narrative for indigenous people to have a voice in journalism and, radio and you know it's just it's really wild you know the webs that we weave in this universe and what people what people are um and how am I trying to say this my goodness <laughs> and how people are brought into your life that's what I'm trying to say you know it's so interesting how that all you know works together and you know where we're at now it's like we're like a whole year later now we're here doing a podcast because you know you know that's that's just the connection that we were able to make you know the I don't know I I just can go on about how you, you just you just get some native women together and they're just going to take over the world so just watch out because now we got social media now the aunties are connecting so <laughs> everybody just watch out watch out because this is a whole new wave of aunties here that we got and the daughters that they have and the nieces that we're raising the femmes that we're raising it's a whole nother a whole nother set of warriors um yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think like with the new moon meditation, like what we manifested during those, during that time and that hour that we dedicated to the new moon, I mean, it, it recharged, for me, it recharged my energy and it made me refocus 
like my goals that I have not only for myself, but for my family and for my community. And, and I think that's something that that's a luxury that a lot of us indigenous women or women in general don't have is just taking that time to heal ourselves. And even though it's just an hour, it, that's an hour that we wouldn't have set aside if we didn't have, like for me personally, that's, a, that's an hour that I wouldn't have set aside for myself if it wasn't for the new moon meditation. So like, I, I, I'm really, really grateful for it. And I'm really grateful to be in that space with a lot of, with different indigenous women who are from different tribes and who are from different backgrounds. And the experiences that we're sharing in our lives during that time is so special and it's so empowering to hear that we're not alone and that even though we don't know each other personally, we're still battling like similar, um, similar, similar um, roadblocks in our lives, but you know, hearing our struggles, but also hearing the triumphs, it, it, it's like, it's like, we're getting more momentum in ourselves and, and getting more momentum and creating that positive change in our lives. And so I could just go on and on about this, the new the moon meditation um, itself, but I, I, I just want to say I'm really grateful for it. And I'm also really grateful for Indigenous Lifeways because like you were saying, we're like where we're at now in 2023, we're talking about this podcast that we're doing. Um, I wouldn't have had the courage to have spoke to be speaking about this issue that we're going to talk about. But it's it's only because that you allowed education with your program, you know, as far as bringing in guest speakers to talk to us. And so one of the guest speakers was that you brought was a presentation about reproductive justice. Um, and that's a topic that I hardly ever thought about. And just hearing that that presentation was really um, eye-opening for me. And it was also reaffirming because I didn't think of, you know, when I hear reproductive justice, I only thought about like abortion, um, abortion rights or uh, life choices or um, like birth control access. Um, but the guest speaker spoke about reproductive reproductive justice as um, more holistically on how environmental health relates to reproductive justice, how housing relates, how um, our food, and then just um, like uh, the way that we are, um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to think like uh, how we make our money is it, it relates to reproductive justice, like what kind of uh, econ economy, not economy, but um, oh gosh, I'm, my brain is like it went away. <laughs> yeah, like but the like, finance part. Is that yeah, like then, yeah, that money part. Yeah, yeah, like like if we're rich, we can go travel across the borders to get quality care or gain. Um, we can get an abortion, um, but if yeah, we're the income bracket, yeah, yeah, there we go. Like income, low income, or yeah, that exactly. Yeah, and so that's like something that I hardly, I didn't think about, and um, it, I thought about it a lot uh, 
after after that uh, presentation and I, I don't know how far you want me to go like do you want me to just to keep talking <laughs> yes yes keep going this is this okay is- Yes, I'm like listening in. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I, I will keep talking. Um, and I just apologize. I, I try to allow time for other people to speak. So if this is like really brand new. I'm usually on the other end of the microphone asking the questions. And so it's just like a turn to turn. T- I'm on the other side of the table, so it's it's a little bit kind of a weird, but whew, I will keep going. <laughs> um, but yeah, for reproductive justice, it was it was really eye opening, and and I really thought of how aligned the values of that organization and just like the fight that they're doing is so aligned with uh, Navajo values and how our women are so important and how we are a matriarchal society and how we um, understand how important our women are because they are life givers and how they are also the person to take care of life and how we're the caretakers of our families. Not only do we give birth to them, but we also provide a home for them and we also feed them and we also provide that spiritual nourishment and we give them that love and care and and so and so I kept thinking about like like um how disconnected our society is becoming and how we're losing touch with like the most fundamental value of being Dene or being an indigenous person is that we're not valuing the clean air that we breathe we're not valuing the clean water that was you know, gifted to us by the creator. And we're not valuing the soil that we're standing upon and all the little microbes that are underneath us and all the living creatures that we share this world with. And, and it became more apparent to me when I moved back to my hometown of Shiprock. And I was just so disheartened and I was just so 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 sad to see and smell like the burning of trash and that's that's like the main reason that I'm doing this podcast right now with you is to bring attention to air quality on Navajo and I don't know if it's the same across the reservation I can't speak for anyone else that doesn't live in Shiprock um so I, I don't mean to offend anyone uh, across our nation, but I'm speaking specifically to where I'm I'm at. Um, but but I also would like to state that you know, um, fossil fuel burning is part of air pollution. Um, driving your car is a part of air pollution. Um, burning coal and wood is a, a form of air po- pollution. Um, but back to you know trash burning. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I tried to get you know kind of uh, uh, some statistics um, for this talk, and one thing that I heard numerous times um, 
in the podcast, I was listening to other podcasts and I'm so amazed at all the different podcasts that are out there. Um, so if you're interested in podcasts, there's numerous bunches out there that talk like a, for science related stuff. Um, this is off topic, but I, I, I'll just keep going. Like when one um, podcast that I heard was if you could burn trash in a volcano. <laughs> um, uh, but you can't you can't burn trash because you need a specific sort of volcano um, to burn trash. And I, they were saying that the only type of volcano that you could burn trash in would be in Hawaii. But you wouldn't want to burn trash in, in the volcano because if you throw in foreign matter into the lava, it like explode. And so they did a test where they threw in a family of five trash and it kind of like caused a bunch of um, rock or a bunch of flares out. And so it was really dangerous. And so they were just saying that it, you wouldn't want to do that. And plus they were saying, and this is this is why I'm bringing it up also is that normally in a place that burns trash, um, a trash burning facility, they have a lot of scrubbers and they have a lot of filters in place to filter out the contaminants that could potentially uh, go into the air. Um, and so that made me like really think like, while here in Shiprock, people burn their trash without those filters. And so you really wanna think about the particulates that are being released into the air um, freely and with no regulations at all. Um, and one another statistic or saying that I, that really stuck with me is that air pollution itself is like the, the number one killer um, in the world. It surpasses car accidents. It surpasses, um, what did they say? Oh, I, I, I forget what the, oh, wars. They say it's more dangerous than wars itself um, is air pollution. And it's a silent killer because you can't really see um, the particulates that, that, could be, that are harmful. Um, they say that the particulates that are released in the air from burning trash is smaller than the um, fall of hair, your hair itself. Um, and so, it's really scary for me as a mother to know that all that pollutants are in the air and that it's not being regulated. Um, and I have, have a, a sheet that I wanted to read from uh, the Institute for Tribal Environmental Professionals. They have a sheet on health effects of burning trash. And so I just wanted to read um, right here, it says just two to 40 household burn barrels emit many of the most dangerous toxins at the same level as emitted from a 200 ton per day incinerator facility that serves 20,000 households. So again, <clears throat> So what they're saying is that, like, like I mentioned earlier, 
um, with that volcano, throwing your trash in the volcano, um, those uh, facilities have uh, scrubbers and they have filters. And so they're saying that just two to 40 barrels of trash burning is equal to 20,000 households trash in one of those um, facilities. So that's, that's a lot of uh, toxins that are being released. Um, and then they're saying that a healthy person may suffer nonspecific reactions from burn boxes or barrels, which include burning eyes, headaches, nausea, fatigue, dizziness, and other symptoms. Um, and so it, it's, it's really, um, it's really scary um, because they're also saying that even if you don't suffer from immediate effects, the damage to your health can be more serious the longer that you're exposed to that smoke. The effects can, can include damage to your lungs, nervous system, kidneys, and liver. It can also um, cause chronic diseases like bronchitis, emphysema, and most cancers. It's, it's really it's a, car, a carcinogenic um, pollutant. And, and they're saying that it could take 20 years to develop. And, and that's all like attributed to low exposure, a long-term and low exposure to smoke and toxins. Um, and, and they went on further to say that children can be at a much more greater risk because their bodies are still developing and their lungs are still developing and they're a lot smaller than an adult. So the inhalation of the air, of the pollutants in the air is a lot more per pound um, of their body mass. And so they, they absorb a proportionally a lot more than us adults do. And so it's it's scary because the children they're also saying that the children's bodies are more susceptible to damage from the mercury, lead, cadmium, and other heavy metals that are found in the smoke. Um, and let's see. And so there's also they also provide um, like a table of what chemicals are released when they're burned. So if you're burning like bottles, plastic bottles or jugs or children toys, um, the vinyl tubings, um, <laughs> any of the, the plastics that, that are commonly found on the reservation, um, when they're burned, they, they contain polyvinyl chloride and when it's burned, it, it forms a dioxins, which is called hydrochloric acid. Um, and the hydrochloric acid can irritate and burn your lungs and cause fluid buildup and possible ulceration of your respiratory tract. Um, and the styrofoam that we get our, uh, our sodas in or that we get our takeout food in, if you burn those, those contain polystyrene. Um, and when it's burned, it releases styrene and benzene, which is a carcinogenic um, toxin. 
Um, it also uh, releases chlorinated furans, um, which is again car carcinogenic. And it's saying that styrene gas is a very readily absorbed is is very readily absorbed through the skin, respiratory system, and the gastrointestinal tract. Um, and it's saying that high di high doses can cause deep unconsciousness and death. Um, the vapor can damage the eyes and mucous membranes, and it accumulates in the body throughout your life. And so this is even scarier because not only do you breathe it, if you get that smoke or that pollutant on your skin, it can be um, absorbed that way. Um, it go and there's a, like a lot more different um, items on this table that I'm reading from that that lists like what the chemicals are there and what chemicals are released when it burns, and then what the long-term effects are. Um, and I can share this with you, um, Crystal, and then maybe you could like um, put it on as a resource for the podcast. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, yeah, we can definitely put a link on for like additional resources or any of the resources that you brought up, and we'll give a link, a shout out to the guest speaker that we had to. I think it was. No, I think I know is Bold Futures. They're an incredible organization too. So we'll give them a shout out as well. So yeah, okay. anything that we have, we can definitely make sure folks listening have that information. Okay. Shared is so in depth. Like this is the exact information that needs to be heard. Yeah, yeah. And it's like very scary just reading this, but this is a reality of what I'm breathing what my son is breathing and what like other children, elders and community members of my community are breathing. And, and I didn't, I wasn't able to find any of the health statistics um, of the area of like uh, cancers or um, respiratory oh. illnesses. Um, but I do wanna say that I do have like our neighbors have died from cancer. Um, my uncle was recently diagnosed with cancer. I lost two, I lost another uncle to cancer. Um, I lost a grandma to cancer. And I have another uncle that's um, fighting esophagus cancer right now. And they all lived in Shiprock majority of their life. And so that's that's like really scary because I'm like getting to that age where cancer will, will, would show up. Um, and so it, it's it's something that I feel needs to be brought to the forefront. And that's something that we need to talk about. Um, I'll go ahead and segue into like the steps that I try to do to address this. If that's okay, Crystal. Yeah, definitely. You're okay. So incredible, Kara. Okay. Okay. So, what I did when um, I first moved back and I saw that the trash was being burned is that I looked up the Navajo Nation EPA. Um, they do have an online submission form that you could use to like submit your complaint. So I was doing that quite a bit. Um, when I was here, but 
come to find out like later on that 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 online submission form wasn't working that the that they were the office wasn't receiving it um i called the um well let's see let's so that that was that's what i found out so i went to the chapter house and i asked them if there was a way that we could work on getting regulation set up to, for um, trash burning. Um, what they told me was that they're not an LGA certified chapter and that that's something that they don't do. So what I would need to do is that I would need to, to contact the Navajo Nation, Navajo Nation EPA myself and, and work with them directly um, to address this issue. Uh, and so that's what I did. Um, I contacted the Navajo Nation EPA. I called the, I, this time I called them and they did tell me that, um, that they're really like short staffed. Um, and I, I already knew this, that they, there's only one person that's in charge of air quality control for the whole Navajo Nation. There's only one person that's in control of regulating the solid waste program in all of Navajo Nation. And so that's like, like that's really, it, it's really, um, it's really sad because how can one person cover a whole area like the state of Virginia? Um, and and it didn't make sense to me that the Navajo that arch local chapters weren't able to um, to do anything about it. Um, but the Nav but I I can't say it. But okay, I lost my train of thought. But the Navajo Nation EPA did do something. They did come out. They did do a site visit. Um, as far as like regulating it and 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 um, setting up like a fine or anything. I don't think that they had the capabilities to do it because they would have. Um, like we would have to call the, I think they would have to call the cops and have them do a citation. Um, but I don't, I don't know if that was done. But the, like the resources that I read and the statistics that I read, um, those were from pamphlets that they gave to me. Um, and there are laws on the Navajo Nation, but they're mainly towards um, solid waste. Like they're, like if you are caught illegally dumping, you can be um, fined at a minimum of $500. Um, but then again, there's only one person that's in charge of regulating the whole Navajo Nation. And so even if you put in a complaint and, and what I, again, what I found out was that even though they had an online submission form, those online submissions weren't getting to the right people. They were like lost in internet space somewhere. So what I had to do was actually physically type out a, 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 my form and I emailed it. And that's when um, they finally got wind of the trash burning here. Um, but yeah, so that that's 
like that's my journey so far and I really wanted someone on this podcast to talk about local governance because I feel like um, the local government ha- is a key player in, in, in regulating air quality control at the local level. Um, and so I've been trying to attend chapter meetings. Um, I have been trying to educate myself more on um, laws of the Navajo Nation. And it was interesting to me because uh, the Navajo Nation laws and codes um, put a lot of emphasis on Dene and on Dene um, fundamental law, um, and it, it's written on my notes in Navajo, but I can't for for the life of me. I I will try to pronounce it, but I know that I'll butcher it, um, and I do butcher my sheep the same way, sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> But it's 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 like um I think that's how you would say it, but again I might have mispronounced it. But in section two oh four of the Navajo Nation law or the code is like the Dene customary law. And I'll go ahead and read it for you because I thought it was like something important for all of us to know, is that it's saying that it is the right and freedom of the people that there always be holistic education of the values and principles underlying the purpose of living in balance with all creation, creations, walking in beauty and making a living. And so that is in the Dene um, law and that's section 204. Um, in section 204, in um, letter E, it also states that it is the right and freedom of the people that every child and every elder be respected, honored, and protected with a healthy physical and mental environment free from all abuse. Hmm. Wow. And so... And so that is in the law, in the Navajo Nation law. And it puts great emphasis in the law that we honor and abide by the Dene fundamental law. Um, and that's something that the Natanis back in the day really wanted to protect and really wanted our leaders in the future to um to honor. Um, and I feel like we're losing sight of that because if we were still following this basic law of, of providing a healthy physical and mental environment free from all abuse, then that should be from outside corporations mining our land. It should be from our own people polluting the air. It should be from our own people illegally dumping. And it should also be from like the foods that we eat. We shouldn't be eating foods that would make us sick. We should be supporting farmers that grow natural foods that support the ground, support the water, and that you know enrich our bodies to the fullest. Um, and so 
it's just mind-boggling to me because I saw a Facebook video of our Shiprock chapter delegate talking about how it's her job to uphold the Dene Navajo Nation law. And, and I was just so upset because she didn't do that, you know, when she voted for he helium extraction just recently, she was for it. And in her um, Facebook post, she wrote like, we, we need to figure out where, well, I, I'm kind of just, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not reading her word for word, but in her post, she put like, um, we need to figure out where to get revenue from. And that, you know, mining is mining. You know, how can we demonize one mining, but, but um, still support another form of mining? And to me, that was just so, so, um, I, I can't think of the word, it's like just, just awful. Like, how can our leader say that? And how can a leader who said that she's in that position to uphold Navajo Nation law, but she doesn't, I don't know if she's like, doesn't see that part of the Navajo Nation law that I just read, or if she, I don't know. I don't know. I can't speak for her, but, but, but yeah. Yeah, you want to say anything, Crystal? <laughs> yeah, and that's the, you know, the reality that we live in right now, currently, you know, with our leaders, you know, that's, you know, we have Diné fundamental law for a reason, you know, those are supposed to protect our way of life, our traditional way of life, protect those, you know, sacred connections that we have to our land and to each other, and, you know, it's, you know, there's, everyone's always, you know, has a bad take on Navajos <laughs> all the time. And it's like, it's sometimes, you know, we, uh, you know, as citizens, you know, members, you know, we're trying to push our leaders to do the right thing. And we're trying to like, ensure that, but, you know, they say one thing, but then they do another. And that's where the issue is when they're continuously being persuaded by money and by industry and when's the next big break or when are we going to get a next boom but the thing is this is a boom and bust industry when you're dealing with fossil fuel so there's no you know there's no longevity and healthy jobs and providing sustainability and a way of life for folks and you know it you know Shabrak has a long you know, with the San Juan generating station is just right there. So, you know, there's this, and then with the Gold King's Gold King mine spill as well, you know, this is, um, these are real life experiences that are impacting farmers that, are, you know, live off the land. And, you know, like you said, the pollution, you know, all of these things like the, this, the system is just um, lacks so much infrastructure <laughs> on how to how to enforce these um, uh, regulations. How to ensure that you know um, if 
there's any type of catastrophe or, you know, air quality issues that they're being addressed. You know, there's all these like cracks in the system where things are falling through and ultimately our health is being at stake, you know, with all of the chemicals that are being released through um, burning trash. And, you know, that has a long term effect when we're to when we're have long-term exposure so you know that pressure that we need to have on our local government our local leaders and you know we have to put that pressure on them because like you mentioned at the beginning you know reproductive justice is a part of that and the women and the next generation are a part of that because if you know we're contaminating the land, the water, the air, you know, we're a part of that environment. We're part of that cycle. We consume the air. We, you know, we're around the water. We're, you know, we're in the environment. And, you know, that connection, the symbiotic connection that we have with nature, it can't be severed. You can't, there, you can't save, um, um, we're we're separated we're we're entwined forever and that mindset is in our dna fundamental law that's what's our that's what's protecting us but the fact that our leaders you know for generations have not uphold our dna fundamental law they haven't you know, ensure that was the priority of protecting our people from these industries. And we have yet to reap any type of benefit from these industries, long-term benefits um, that are healthy and that are just, you know, it's, you know, so unfortunate, you know, the health impacts that your family had to experience and, you know, it's like, who's, who's at fault and who needs to be accountable? Because, you know, if you look at our history throughout time, we've been very healthy before colonization. And since then, you know, our way of life has been disrupted. You know, how we have a connection with the plants, even, you know, this is, we, we go to Mother Earth when we're sick, we go to the plant uh, relatives when we're sick, you know, it's so when those plants are gone and when we don't have that mindset of that relationship with Mother Earth, then this is the result. You know, we have leaders that um, don't represent us. So, you know, it's just, um, you touched on so many different topics, you know, from reproductive justice to local government to air quality, you know, and, you know, I wanna end off on a, on a good note and I wanna see if you have any um, solutions out there or if any uh, advice for folks that are dealing, maybe dealing with similar situations or maybe any visions that you have for your community? Oh, 
thank you, Crystal, for that. And I, I just want to say, you know, for um, this space and this time to bring to allow me to share my thoughts. Um, I just want to just say that I'm like what I'm saying, I'm not saying to hurt anyone and I'm not saying it to place blame on anyone. Um, I really just wanted to bring attention to what was happening and what I saw as a mother, as a community member, and as a, a daughter and a niece of all these people that have raised me and that I'm raising myself and my community members that you know I grew up with and that I went to school with and they're probably have their own children and they have their own mothers and they have their own grandparents as well. And so I just wanted to say, state that, that I'm, I'm saying these things from a place in my heart because I care for, for everyone. And I just want us to move forward in a good way to where we breathe clean air and where we can be healthy and where we still have that respect for each other and that respect for our land and respect for the animals and for everything that we can't see. Um, and, and, you know, as indigenous folks and as a Dene people, we understand that we don't, that we live on this earth with other things that, that, that you know, non-natives probably don't think of. Um, and so, like, how do we move forward is, is a really hard question because we're so, we're so um, disconnected from the way that we live as a native person. Um, that's how I feel. Like, like even with our education system that we have, um, we're not, our children aren't being taught the values that we grew up with. And like how I grew up is way different than how my children are growing up. Like I grew up with no running water, no electricity. I grew up herding sheep. I grew up, you know, eating commodity foods and eating like what was set before me because food wasn't as available as it is now. But like compared to me, my children um, grew up with electricity. They grew up with um, the internet. They grew up with Netflix, <laughs> YouTube. Um, and because I didn't, um, because I moved away, they didn't grow up with their grandma. They didn't grow up with Navajo, but they did grow up um, with another set of values um, from their dad's side, which is from the Kisani side. And, and, and even though it's like a whole different culture than Dene, um, they still value that balance of, of good and bad. They still value respect for your family. They still value respect for nature and they still value praying for everyone, not just who's in front of you, but for the whole world. And so I, I would like that for all of us is that we continue to make decisions that not only affect us, and our immediate family and our loved ones, but that, that will affect everyone globally and also the future generations to come. Um, and I feel like if we, if we consciously make every decision 
in the, with that intention of making a better world for everyone, I think the, the decisions that our local leaders, um, our leaders that are at um, Window Rock, our leaders that are in Washington, and even ourselves uh, as humans, um, we would make different decisions. Um, and I know like as a modern Diné person, that's going to be hard because I drive a car. I like technology too. I like watching Netflix. I like watching YouTube. I love K-pop. I love BTS. And so <laughs> it's like, how do we, um, how do we walk in these, in this two worlds that we are living in? And and I don't know if, if that's like another discussion that we need to have as a community again. Like we're just so bombarded with just surviving and we're just so um, bombarded with this, call, this, this thing called colonization that we're just in a rat race of, of just living. And I don't know if, if, it, if, if anyone has the luxury to stop and think of where they're at in this life. I know that like for me, coronavirus allowed that time to pause, um, that allowed me to like take a step back to like evaluate my life and just having indigenous life ways as a resource and a support and having that new moon meditation. You know, that one hour a month really allowed me to stay focused it really allowed me to pause. It really allowed me to set intention. And maybe that's something that I wish more women would um, go to. I also wish that it was available to men because I feel like there's not a lot of resources for men. We put a lot of focus on women and the, the needs of our matriarchs, but what about our men? You know, a lot of the men that are growing up in a single family household with just their mother, um, they're not getting that attention from the men, from the male side. And so I really would like more resources to be available to men as well and more focused to them um, because they're probably hurting as well and they probably need that help. Um, and, and, and we need to like rebalance that because I, I always think about like, um, like, I don't know if you, if you're familiar, you probably are like with that story of when the men and women separated um, and, and the lessons that we learned there that we can't, we can't, we can't be living like that. It's not healthy. It's not, it's not the way that things should be and that we need each other. We need, we need each other to live and we need each other to be in harmony. And so maybe just refocusing our energies on our teachings and refocusing on what's stated in the Diné fundamental law, like just living, living in a world where we're protected and free from abuse. And, and it's not just physical abuse, but mental, environmental, um all of that you know um but yeah 
Yeah. And I hope that's what you were asking. I know I probably went off on a tangent there. Um, that was perfect. The pinch, the picture that you just painted of how healing and holistic we need to be in this, in this process, you know, you know, we, we have so much at stake right now and we need everybody to be healthy and to be their best versions of themselves. We've gone through so much trauma together as indigenous people through generations that, you know, we, you know, we have to, we have to make sure our, we're good, but also make sure that the men are good and learn and learned from our creation stories that they are true and that they're, they're teaching us something. There's morals to those stories. You know, there is a reason why the sexes were separated and, you know, the lessons learned and, you know, the reasons why we should be appreciating each other. You know, there's a, there is, you I mean, you, you touched on so many, so much more topics. I'm just like, we could keep going and go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, yes, I know. like this is exactly what it's about like you've given so many solutions and ways that we can continue to be in, in connection with our traditional ways of life and um, ensure that we're prioritizing our own self care as well you know just that one hour a month you know really you know it does it does help it does sound cheesy but when you get into it it's just like oh wow it does help <laughs> Mm -hmm. when you feel down and you know it gets you back on that path of um a motivation you get your goals set you know it's yeah we need we need more safe spaces across native country that's for sure so mm -hmm. you hit on so much so much <laughs> so much and uh, we could even do a whole topic on the just that one what you were talking about with the abuse you know abuse free world and what would that look like I'm all we could just keep going on Kara you're just so incredible <laughs> you brought so much knowledge so much passion and history and love most and like uh, yeah above all the love that you brought you know that's the thing that's going to carry us on you know when we have that compassion for our community and for each other and knowing that our time here on earth is so limited and we have this time together to make sure our voice is heard, make sure that we're doing our part to ensure our future has clean water, clean land, you know, and that the indigenous bloodline continues. So I'm just so thankful, Kara, for your time and everyone else's time that is listening yes. out there. Thank you for joining in. Yeah. And, oh and if and Crystal, I I just before I before we we like um, let loose or or uh, or hang up, <laughs> I do like want to read a few of like the solutions um, that that was shared on the handout from Navajo Nation EPA. If that's okay. Oh yes, that'll be perfect. That's a call, definitely like a call to action too to leave off with everybody. Okay. Okay, so this was this is from the handout that was given to me from the Navajo Nation EPA, and it's called like working within the chapter community towards solid waste solutions. 
So number one is create commun chapter community-wide, um, keep our community clean and beautiful signage. So that's something that you could work with um, with your chapter. Um, have frequent, and number two is have frequent trash audits with chapter community members. And you can do this with youth groups, senior citizen centers, NHA housing residents, school groups, grazing permit holders. But once the results of a trash audit are known, encourage the participants, um, encourage the participants about the need to reduce, reuse, and recycle. So I'm not really sure what that is, but I think what you do is like you gather a week's worth of trash and you just go through it and see what you're throwing away. Um, I'm thinking that's what a trash audit is. Um, number three is like during public events and before meetings, communicate to the chapter community about cleanup initiatives. Um, um, number four is conduct a chapter community-wide illegal dump site inventory. Um, so you can use your cell phone to get um, GPS locations of dump sites that you come across, select pictures um, of the dump site, estimate size of the dump site, um, make notes if that dump site is near a waterway, like a roro, a stream, a river, or a lake, and estimate the distance that that is near it. Um, I also wanna say like a wash, um, make sure you put that in there, uh, collect all that information and you can email that over to the Navajo Nation EPA. Um, and if you know like who is doing all this illegal dumping, make sure you document that as well. And so we can um, shoot that over to the Navajo Nation EPA. Um, number four, is using that trash audit that you did is to strategize a chapter community-wide recycling program. Um, and I don't know if you guys know, but you know, Navajo Nation doesn't have a recycling program. Um, so that's maybe something that we could try to work on collectively to push um, is to recycle. Um, but I really think like with the trash audit, we should all do that as an individual to see like what trash we're creating. Um, number six is propose a cost sharing, cost matching project to clean up a specific illegal dump site based on the information collected. Um, and there's like other, um, other steps to this and I'll go ahead and share this with you as well. But it looks like it's it's really um, telling the people that they have the power to initiate these steps, because again, there's only one person that's overseeing all of the solid waste on Navajo Nation, and there's only one person that's overseeing all of the Navajo Nation air um, quality. So it's really up to us as Navajo citizens to work with our local government, work with our chapter in initiating the, this change. And so I will continue on my end to try to do that with my chapter um, and working with individuals like you, Crystal, or even if I have to march to um, Window Rock <laughs> to get something done. Um, I just hope that 
know that any listeners that are still tuning into this end <laughs> that they um that they get inspired to do something and just let them know that they're not alone um and that there are other people who probably don't agree with the way this world is going and that maybe just um just reaching out or just just saying you know i need help maybe i i don't know but yeah that's what i have here to go all right on kara thank you so much for that um i'm glad they have those steps there that is incredible like that is just a path that um you know i think all of us can you know come together and find some responsibility because yeah this is an issue we have to keep our lands clean and you know protect um our animals the plants you know the water waterways you know this is mm -hmm. all connected and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. and i could that. and i could just go on and on and i'm like i don't know when we should stop <laughs> <laughs> i think <laughs> I know well, we're gonna probably do a part two with what I keep saying like this is just like it gets so juicy these conversations it's like oh my gosh we could keep going and going because this is um you know this is the urgency right now you know we have you know 2030 is the year for climate or yeah to reverse our climate um catastrophe that's what they're saying you know we only have seven years to reverse the emissions, to get all that under control. And this is a part of it, you know, those um, pollutants in the air. And, you know, we're living under one of the largest methane clouds. So yes, it is our obligation. We should be thinking of these things. It's our responsibility. Um, yeah, yeah, it sure is. And I, and I just remember just now to wanna say, like, I don't wanna say like, the Navajo Nation hasn't been putting in the effort to address this because I think it was like maybe two years ago or three years ago, I remember seeing um, the former First Lady Nez um, doing like a whole educational series on solid waste. Um, and I know that she was doing like monthly um, education talks. Um, <clears throat> But I don't know, like, if if that stopped because of COVID, um, and I didn't really hear anything else about it. But I do know, like, she tried to do something, and she noticed that this was a problem. So now that we're like in a new political um, era, we have a new president, we have a female president. I mean, vice president. Um, we have a whole fresh crew of Navajo Nation Council delegates that were sworn in, and they seem to have a, a lot of, um, they seem to be more open-minded. Um, when I was listening in to the Navajo Nation meeting, I heard a couple of the delegates talk about the, the, um, the helium um, and how they didn't support that. They, they asked the president like how he's going to address legislation similar to that, to like mining and resource extraction. And what the new president stated is that he's not going to pass any legislation unless 
75% of the people agree to it. Um, another thing that I heard during the Navajo Nation Council meeting was like the need to protect the environment, the need to um, work with nonprofits. Um, and so that was like really uh, a yay for me because I feel like nonprofit work like Indigenous Lifeways, they do so much work for our people that they do need the support at the, the, gover at the governmental level. And so that was a big, um, a big, a big yay from again, a big yay for, for me, because like hearing that in the council chambers was a, a big plus. And also having a female speaker of the council is really encouraging. And so it's like a whole new wave of progress that I see. Um, and I, and I could go on and on. So I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the positive note, you know, that we can leave off is that we're, we have a new local government with our council delegate, we council delegates, and we have a new president. So, you know, just knowing that, that there is some kind of light through all of this darkness that we've been <laughs> struggling with you know it's really nice and to have so many women being represented on the council I mean we, like you said we could go on <laughs> there's so much that needs to be said like I said at the beginning once watch out the aunties the natives our native women are organizing and we're talking we have a lot to talk about <laughs> so Oh my gosh, Kara, I think we're going to have to do a round two. So yeah, to follow up on, on your actions here. And, you know, I hope to see some more success stories on your efforts. So, and congrats, congratulations on, on all the things that you've, you've done to get to this point, because it is such a battle to work through this system and ensure your voice is heard. So to know that you know you're you're making those efforts and you know you're getting the epa out there you know you're holding them accountable and you're uh keeping an eye on the council like yeah there's so much to learn from kara so, so thank you so much for all that you do it's so important to have um it's i'm just so blessed to have you in our circle and you know continue the work and supporting each other in our efforts and yeah, I'm, I'm like, this is just the beginning. Just wait till season two. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. And I, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it's all attributed to our new moon meditation because we're in a new cycle, you know, like you, like this, this is like a whole new, our, the cycle ended this past moon and this is like a whole new world in a sense that we're, we're, we're stepping into, or we step into. So, so yeah, yeah. So I want to just say a hit, a hit, a hit. Oh, thank you so much, Ade. I appreciate your time today and everyone again listening. Um, and stay tuned, stay tuned for some more. Yay, thank you.